Who's on second? Who's on first? What base do you want to talk about? I'm going to get in a lot of trouble here. You play to win the game. We're in here talking about practice. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Come after me! They're comedians, they're sports fans, and all-around degenerates. It's the Who's On First podcast with your hosts, Matt Marin and Anthony Passaretti. I'm a man. I'm 40. What's up? Welcome to the Who's On First podcast. Exciting week. I don't know. I didn't look it up, but this is the first week in my lifetime, probably beyond that, where there were there was a day where all four major sports were being played at the same time. I'm Matt Marin here with Anthony Passaretti. What's up, Anthony? Not much. Yeah, that's one of definitely one of the cool things to talk about this week there was a if you want to get like even bigger it's the first time that uh the big four you got the nhl you got nba mlb and nfl the wmba and mls also played that day so the big stat that's going around is it's the first time six major sports leagues played oh that's cute that they call mls and wnba major sports oh what is this the 90s we know (laughs) (laughs) the uh yeah two yeah, the MLS and the WNBA, two sports full of women. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. The MLS is so fucking popular on the West Coast. If you go, like, into Seattle, if you go to, like, well, Portland. Yeah, yeah, once David Beckham went to the LA Galaxy, that really is all it takes. That's how, and uh, I mean, who not, maybe that ends up translating to the rest of the country. That's how hockey became, Not it, it's not, like, the most popular sport now, but it wasn't at all before Wayne Gretzky came to LA. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's the, way, the most American thing ever is like, we don't give a fuck until it's here. It could be the coolest shit yeah. ever. We do not fucking care until it's here. Yeah. Well, you had certain places that care. Detroit, Chicago, Boston, they had their hockey teams. But, uh, yeah, what once Wayne Gretzky came to L.A., that's over the next 30 years, the Sun Belt started, like, getting hockey. Like, Dallas and Nashville have hockey teams that do good business. Uh, I've I just there was like four different things to uh to hop on even just there, but there is a there's just real quick before I forget, my friend who's a huge soccer fan told me a story because there's another guy who just went to the Galaxy recently. That's sort of the, he wasn't as big as David Beckham because his name is not David Beckham. His name's Latan Ibrahimovic, but he was one of the best strikers in the Premier League. But he's older now. He had like a whole career in the Premier League and then signed a big money deal with LA to try to like drum up some more fandom and he was apparently yeah. caught by his dad weeping just crying his eyes out because he's at the level of skill where he has to play in America he just would still rather play in uh, France and England <laughs> and he was, that's so funny. but like dude why are you crying you just signed a 20 million dollar debt like I'd be like I suck for 20 million bucks I don't care yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I think Le- didn't Landon Donovan play out on the West Coast for an MLS team? I feel like I remember that. So as a kid, do you remember the backyard sports games? Do you ever play those? Backyard baseball, mm-hmm. backyard football, backyard soccer had Landon Donovan in it. He was one of the. That's how I knew my first like major soccer players. That's how I learned who Lisa Leslie was. She was in the backyard basketball game. I remember when they switched from just having their like cast of characters to also having the young professionals in there those i was like the prime age for those computer games me too that was uh i grew the first one i had was the one with just all their made-up characters and the first one i think they did the pros was baseball and they had one player from each team if you talk to a lot of people our age and you try to be like hey do you know who like pablo sanchez is they'll know (laughs) yeah they'll know pablo sanchez is the only one a lot of them know though which is upsetting to me because i was a big fan of mikey thomas dimitri petrovich 
Pete Wheeler, uh, Vicky Kawaguchi. I always had she and she had a brother Kenny Kawaguchi in a wheelchair who was somehow able to dunk. <laughs> I'm at the level where I can picture them as you say them, but I don't. I couldn't have yeah. been rattling first and last names like that. That's that's impressive. Yeah. I could probably name almost all of them if put to the challenge. Um, that we should we should try that someday. Well, I'll, I'll like tweet out a picture of the cast of things or something so that people can know what we're talking about. I'm gonna do that twice today. There's something there's something I'm gonna talk about that needs video, but I already have it queued up to tweet as soon as we're done recording this okay. but also a little a uh, little quick aside on that day where all the sports played special shout out to houston because there was a day 40 years ago where the mlb nfl uh, a lot of them played once and houston lost all the games and that happened this week too they lost all yeah the texans lost the rockets lost um astros lost on that day and then, yeah. uh, on what? On the same day, yeah. Uh, it was only. I mean, I don't know Houston's MLS team or if they have one. They don't, they don't have a hockey team. Yeah, so that's why I was trying to remember exactly what leagues it was. But like wherever Houston could lose, they did lose forty years ago, and they did it yeah. again today. And so. they did it again, <laughs> or, nice. you know, recently, which is always fun. We're still hold, still holding on to some of that Astros hate that we have. Uh, we're not the only ones. They uh, they were playing the Dodgers this week, and yet again, uh, there was a fan funded airplane with a cheaters cheaters cheat bane like banner flying over the stadium the entire time there was also nice. like 50 people who found their team bus and were like storming the bus with trash can lids <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> yeah. jesus christ I, i'm making snide comments on a podcast there's some people who still feel very very strongly about this yeah i don't like the physically attacking the bus but hiring the plane to go over that's awesome nobody like actually hit the bus but they're like running right next to it like oh, like they look like some mad oh, okay. magazine that's, all right that's kind of funny no 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 physical contact yet nobody nobody's yeah. nobody's been going that crazy but it's just hilarious right. to watch these people <laughs> and did you see uh joe kelly they made the mural to him in los angeles and he went there and posed with his family outside of it yeah he's in the lakers jersey he, what's weird to me is he's not making the face from like it seems like the obvious pictures make the face that you're making in the mural but he like does an alternate alternate pouty yeah. face and it's like what are yeah. you doing man i don't know i'm over it on him i like i gave him his week of like you're not part of the 2018 red sox but like we all know that he is so like <laughs> yeah and we all know that he like drew it um what was the guy's name starts with an a on the yankee tyler austin yeah so i'm, I'm kind of over him being this whole big baseball hero it was fun for like two three days and now i'm like it was fun for a couple of weeks. He did a podcast where he gave an interesting uh, perspective on the whole thing as somebody who he was a fan of Alex Cora. That was an interesting perspective we hadn't heard. He was a fun little hero there. Trevor Bauer wanted uh, wanted to put his face on his cleats. It was a fun story, but um, and I like the picture of the mural too. Um, but he's uh, you know another week or so if he keeps it up, yeah, he may have, he may be overstaying his welcome. Yeah, Bauer, his vlog is so interesting to watch just to hear how somebody who's competing at like a very high level like he is just kind of is mentally thinking about things day to day like the game the day before yeah and he's so candid about so much stuff and it, it seems like it's helping his game the more of these the more often he puts out the vlogs the better his starts are he's he's had a couple complete games in the uh seven inning double headers recently he looks good. Yeah, he's been doing. He's been having an amazing year. Maybe the best year of his career. Yeah, is his contract up at the end of the year? Do you know? 
I don't know. I it might be because there was some talk of him possibly being moved at the trade deadline. Oh, he that they he there's one of these most recent episodes. He's having breakfast at a um a diner with Rachel Luba, his uh agent, and she told him flat out, she's like, "You were very much on the trading block," and he's like, oh, "I don't care. That's your job." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so he just was. Hungry. That's interesting. It's. Yeah, it's not his job to care about it, uh, whether or not he's going to be traded. It's his job to care about his starts. But there is something uh, that we don't really think is just average fans, like up and moving yourself, having to like find an apartment, a place to stay and everything. I don't know how much of that the team takes care of for you and how much of that you like. I'm in the process right now of looking for a new place. And the idea of having to do that while playing a major league baseball season is crazy. I've had to find apartments on short notice twice, and it's not fun. But I, I think the major difference is he's by himself. He's a he's an adult man with a lot of money who doesn't have to worry about like getting his kid a new school. Like I think for guys with like families, it's infinitely yeah. harder than a guy who's just like I live out of hotels anyway. Like uh, okay, I'll check into a hotel there. Yeah, and there's some of those guys who have families who play on like ten different teams throughout their career, and I'm like, how do you do that? How yeah. do you handle it? Yeah, it's like the like a weird kind of semi version of being an army brat, like those kids that just sort of grew up base to base to base the their whole. Those kids end up being right. interesting though. Like I, I bet you know, I'm sure it's not easy or fun to be one of those kids, but as you grow up, you get to know about a lot of shit and know people all over the place, and it makes you probably pretty outgoing. Yeah, I don't know. I've lived within the same like hour like radius my entire life so i have no idea yeah <laughs> um so let's uh, uh this episode may be coming out wednesday night it may come out thursday a day late now other times where we have an episode come out late because one of us maybe uh forgot to send our audio to our producer or something stupid we did we actually have a good reason for why it's coming out late this week yeah let him let him know we were gonna record last night but we did not we were going to record last night and uh then game six uh or game five islanders versus Tampa bay lightning was on and game seven nuggets versus clippers was on and it was like let's wait till these games end so we have like there's going to be big news in one and or both of these games <laughs> um and uh then the Clippers Nuggets game actually ended first, which was not what we expected. I had a Islanders sneaky... Lightning went to double overtime. I had a feeling like the first thing I texted you and it's like, oh, can we, you know, like they're going to overtime. I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm flipping back and forth. I I wonder which one is gonna end first. Cause I had this feeling as soon as you said like we'll record when it's done, I'm like, this game is gonna be four hours long. Like <laughs> Of course. Yeah. It was wild. So I'll, we'll start with Islanders Lightning. The Lightning are the better team, a more skilled team, I guess, is the better way to put it. Um, that when you're watching the game, the Islanders are setting everything up and they set things up perfectly and they get the other team to do what they want to do and they get everyone in the right position, they'll be able to score. The Lightning have individual players who just get the puck and can do it all on their own. Um, the Islanders might have a couple guys who could do that, but they don't have enough that that can be like their strategy. The Lightning are overall a more skilled team and the favorites by far. They were up three games to one in the series. This extended it to a game six. It's still not looking great for the Islanders. Tampa dominated most of that overtime. They seemed like they were in control for the most part of it. And uh, just on a breakaway, Jordan Everly put one in the back of the net, a two on one. And it was wild to see because you see the puck go down. You see one guy going to get the puck. You see Everly coming up. And it's like, is this, is this, he's open, he's there. And the pre pass is perfect, shot is perfect. It was beautiful to see. 
Um, but so Tampa Bay, the last few years, has had great regular season teams and then just choked in the playoffs. And now this could be the momentum swing where Tampa Bay starts like, oh, no, we're going to choke again. And that gives the Islanders the uh, window, opens it up enough for them to come through. It's still not looking like the Islanders. I mean, but they're also – the Islanders have done way more than they should have done. It's still an amazing run that they've had. If it ends tomorrow night, if it ends – in the, I mean, at this point, it's kind of we're playing with house money a little bit. I think I said that last week, the week before, but that was an incredible game to watch, and uh, the series goes on. Yeah, the the big thing there was Tampa. You got they really did sneak one out because the shot differential was crazy heavy towards Tampa the entire time, and they had a goal get waved off in the end of the second period, didn't they? Yeah, but it was very clearly offside. It was because I was watching that part on the uh, like gamecast, the, like the not the live footage. So I saw it. It said two yeah. one for like a little bit, and I looked back ten minutes later, and it's one one again. And I was like, oh, how about that? I was watching that too, and then uh, I uh, saw the replay of it, and it was they waved it off. It was very clearly an offside. It wasn't uh, a debatable call either. Mm, no, that's always. I guess that's easier when it, when it's when it's very very close. That's what people will just kind of climb onto for the rest of the the series. Yeah, no one no one's looking back at the game being like that should have been a goal. Nice. And then uh, on the other side of things, the Stars moved to the Stanley Cup. When's the last time that happened? Two thousand was the last time they were in the Stanley Cup. And they and, beat uh, the so Devils. Or they lost uh, the Devils. They lost the Devils in 2000. The year before, in 99, they beat the Buffalo Sabres. Mm. So they've, had, they've been good in the past, just not for a long time. Yeah, well, and they've been good the last few years. They've been a playoff team. Um, they just uh, they weren't expected to get this far. They were a good defensive team, didn't have a lot of offensive firepower. That's and The Islanders are kind of in the same boat. Maybe, like, this restart is a little bit better, maybe without having, like, crowd momentum to help motivate you. Uh, teams that have like a very kind of strict system they're in that's strong defensively are at a bit of a more of an advantage. Maybe, maybe who knows? Um, but yeah, it's a win-win for me because the Dallas Stars. Uh, when I was a kid, the Islanders were not very good. Um, I still rooted for them, played them in the video game. But the Dallas Stars had Mike Madonna, who was my favorite player in the league, and the Dallas Stars have always been like my favorite Western Conference team. So at this point, it's all like. It's kind of wins all around, I guess, unless Tampa. I don't hate Tampa Bay, but the idea that it could be a Dallas versus Islanders final or even da- one of those two is guaranteed to be in the final. That is a very – it's a very fun uh, playoffs for me to watch, although most fans would hate to see a Dallas-Islanders final because two defensive teams, it's like a Spurs-Pistons NBA finals again. Yeah, which is fine if you, like, actually like the game. If you're just tuning yeah. in to – to see it right. at the end, it's not as great. But, yeah, you know. Uh, and then, speaking of teams that have nobody would have predicted to go where they're going is the Denver fucking Nuggets are on fire. Yeah. Yeah, Game 7 uh, was of the NBA Western Conference semifinals was last night as well. And, uh, yeah, Denver did Den- Denver made the conference finals a couple years ago at Golden State, I believe, right? Uh, yes, I think they're, they're one of those teams kind of like you're saying that are there every year. They're like the six, seven, eight seed out of the West almost every single year. So whether it's 
San Antonio, whether it's Houston, whether it's OKC, whether it's Golden State, whether it's the Lakers, like they've had somebody huge to run into every single time. And it's going to happen again. I mean, they have to beat LeBron James now. That's nobody wants to do that. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I mean, there's no one who's going to be picking the Nuggets to win this series, but there's also no one picking the Nuggets to win the Clippers series. And I do think this and the restart coronavirus thing is the year that you can have like random upsets. Watching the Raptors play the Celtics and then watching the Clippers play the Nuggets, it, Leonard's got to be kicking himself so hard. Kawhi stays a Raptor. They're the Eastern Conference champions this year. Easy. And they're probably the favorite yeah. to win the title. Yeah, I wonder, did Kawhi just not like Toronto? Because he was only there for a year. He never said anything bad about it. He won a championship there. But to me, it's like if you go get traded somewhere for one year, you win a championship there, you are the hero of this place, their first title ever, and then you go to go somewhere else, either he really just wanted to be in L.A. the whole time or he really didn't like Toronto. Like there had to be some strong emotions in order to pull you out of a championship team. I think it's money. I, th- I think the Clippers wrote a bigger check, and that was the major factor. I think that was really what it came down to. But uh, the Clippers are idiots. The The Paul George trade, they traded so many first-round picks for 22 yeah. and 23 for George. And Paul George is getting, I'm, you know, it's it's always funny to start talking about age and relative age in sports. Like, he's getting older. He's 32 years old or something. He's 31, and but there was a quote I saw that made me crack up laughing because apparently he went up to Steph Curry like before the start of this season and was like, hey, yo, you owned the last five years. I'm going to own the next five. And Curry laughed in his face and goes, aren't you 31? That's funny. And and just watching him have no success now, it's like gotta he's gotta he it's I think it's driving him crazy. I don't think Leonard really gives a shit. He's like, eh, I got my I got my ring, I got my MVP, I got my big old check. I'm in LA. I don't yeah. like, I don't think he cares as much as Paul George might, and Paul George is losing his mind right now. <laughs> yeah. And as somebody who's not a Clippers fan and has no real rooting interest in it, I mean I lo- I love Kawhi Leonard, he's one of my favorite players, but if they're just a team that's going to have hype and then lose before the conference finals, as an outsider fan, give me back the Donald Sterling Clippers. That was entertaining. The Chris Paul, uh, Blake Griffin Clippers are the reason that, like, I kind of feel the same way about them that you do about Dallas, where it was like, while the Nets were just awful in that era of time, the Clippers yeah. were so much fun to watch. The, 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 yeah. the like, Lob City stuff, the DeAndre Jordan uh dunks like those were so yeah, good that was that was fun also but i'm also a fan of uh mistresses secretly recording their racist 80 year old boyfriends so yeah these things you know you your brand i've said this before your brand is strong the people knew that <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah people yeah yeah people might have known that um i i'm wearing a new york giants jersey right now and i will do my uh duty as a good fan to address when they are the the worst they are so bad not the worst Mm. they are bad they are bad but they're not even the worst in their own stadium so you have that well you know it's funny you mention that because if you look at the numbers the new york giants over the last three seasons are the worst team they have the worst record over the last three years and this includes a stretch where cleveland went 0 and 16 yeah i saw that (laughs) Last the, the the most recent sampling of of time, the New York Yankees scored more runs last night than the Giants scored points on their first yeah. game. 
Yeah, I saw that. They scored more than the Jets and Giants did. <laughs> yeah, the New York Yankees put up 20 runs last night. In the most misleading headline ever, the Yankees put up 20 in John Carlo's return. The man is the only one on the lineup without a hit. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's an idiot. He he's, he's a big yeah. supermodel dummy. Luke Luke Voigt Luke Voigt leads the major leagues in home runs. Yeah, and he hit two last night. He looks incredible. That dropped weight yeah. is an interesting look on him at first, and then once you get used to it, you're like, well, this is our like Superman right yeah. here. And uh, but uh, let's yeah, but let's get to probably what we'll spend most of the episode talking about opening weekend of NFL. Uh, one of the most exciting opening weekends I can remember in recent NFL history. It drove me fucking crazy. The two games I picked, both teams had it the entire way and collapsed in the last five minutes. Fuck the Lions and fuck the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> yeah, uh, as for personal fandom, it wasn't great for you being a Giants fan, me being a Cowboys fan. Here was the funny thing. So I was out, so I didn't get to watch the Cowboys game when it was happening. But I got the update on my phone. I have Ezekiel Elliott on my fantasy team. They got the update about how Ezekiel Elliott runs for this many yards, two touchdowns, big day. And I'm like, hell yeah. But it didn't tell me the score of the game. So I was already in this good mood and feeling positive about the Cowboys. Then saw the final score and was like, oh, what the fuck? What? <laughs> that's that's hilarious. But uh, in my fantasy team, it's so frustrating because, you know, the, the new sort of he's supposed to be a star running back on the Eagles. I'm spacing on his name right now. Miles Miles Sanders, who did absolutely nothing against Washington, the Washington football team. The Washington football team had a great day. Yeah, they're they're literally undefeated as the football team. <laughs> but uh the football team the football team is undefeated yeah but uh literally did nothing is the best way to say it because he didn't play he was he was like like probable all week and then his hip was bothering him so he didn't play in the opener yeah and he's on it's my... been a long time since somebody's been probable and then still not played well he was on the stupid team and i didn't even want him what ended up happening was for the first round i was like in the car so I'm like gonna do the thing from my phone, and then literally as I'm about to pick, my phone starts to ring, and it's like the stupid commissioner of the league. He's like, "Hey, are you about to draft?" I was like, "Yeah, I was about to draft until you fucking called me and the app closed." So then it fucking auto drafted him and another person because uh, I was the last pick. So I was like, "Fuck it, my first two picks are just just not what I wanted." It was so hard to get invested in it after that. Oh, you had the bat. You had twelfth pick. I think it's ten in the one we're doing, but 10. yeah. Yeah, I okay. had that back to back. Miles, Miles Sanders, and who else was your other one? Oh, fuck, I have to look at it. I was like, was so like, yeah. so removed from it already right away. Where I was like, oh fuck, yeah. and I don't even think there's money involved. So, yeah, I wasn't gonna do a league this year just because of COVID. I thought it would be even more unpredictable than normal. I was gonna maybe do daily fantasy lineups each week, but then um, uh, a friend of mine texted me and said, "Hey, we're doing a draft in like six hours, and I had nothing to do that night." He said. If you want to do a league, it's only a $20 buy-in. And I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. I had the fourth pick, and the person who was the commissioner of the league had the first overall pick and uh, didn't get in in time for his first pick, and it auto-drafted Tyreek Hill. <laughs> no idea how that happened to that, him. That's that's pretty tough. Yeah. And so me with the fourth pick, Ezekiel Elliott fell to me. No, that's that's always fun when you get somebody that you like we're going to watch and root for anyway. Yeah. That's always a, that's yeah, always a fun um, I always uh, – Late, I uh, like I think like second or third to last pick, I picked Gardner Minshew because I gotta have and my team, my fantasy team name is Gardner Minshew. Oh, very nice. I'm sure is it comics yeah. that you're doing this with? Yeah, it's mostly comedians. Yes. Yeah, that's where you. And can... uh, 
in case the Jews do control the media, and that includes fantasy football, I wanted to see Gardner Minjew and say, that's the guy who we're going to make win the fantasy league. Smoking. We're going to go and we're going to control the weather and make it rain on all the games where his opponents are playing. My, my, the names I always pick in fantasy are always things that are like very deep cut references to, not even deep cut, just they're references to stuff I like that aren't sports. So I end up having to explain it to like most of the league. But if I show it to people who don't play sports, they're like, oh, hey, that's funny. <laughs> like, oh, as your team name, as your team name. Yeah, like Kenny Galladay is one of my uh, wide receivers. So I named it Galladay in Cambodia, which is in a reference to a dead Kennedy song. <laughs> And, that's great yeah like nobody in the league they're like what are you talking about? dead kennedys i'm like oh there's a punk band from 38 years ago that hey you should like it they say the n-word a lot <laughs> but, oh i didn't i didn't know that um i just knew that their team name was the, the that their band name was the dead kennedys and i was like that's offensive enough for me i like it yeah it, it's but it's like not like or it, it at the time it was anti-racism but it, it's like it wasn't at the point right. where like you can yeah no a lot of old a lot of old punk rock even george carlin's stand-up he would say the n-word as an example or just say, not just the n-word slurs in general they would say them as an example green day has a lot of songs with faggot in it but they're like saying it as an example of the awful thing people who would say that yeah it, it, which is very funny because it's very hard to get that context like 40 years later you have to like really start yeah. diving into Jello Barafa's fucking life, and even yeah. then. Well, it's so I didn't even I didn't even think about it, but with Green Day, the song "Holiday," the Vancouver Canucks use that as their goal horn song. So the goal horn would go off, and then it would play "Holiday." It doesn't get out to the part where they say "faggot." <laughs> it get to the bridge. <laughs> but I remember hearing the song and thinking it was great, and talking to a mutual friend of ours, Bobby Sheehan, being like, "Next time I go to karaoke, I think I want to sing that song." He goes, "No, you don't." I'm like, "Why?" And he said, "You haven't heard the whole song." <laughs> yeah, because it's not. Not even like a light you like dropping i'm pretty sure kill all the is the phrase right before yes. it yes <laughs> yeah that's a tough that was my very that was my first favorite song that i can like specifically remember like seeking out and hearing like i want that cd like i mean i was in i think i was in like third grade when american idiot came out that was a huge record yeah my first like big i don't know about a specific song my first like big album that i had to go out and get was hybrid theory by lincoln park mm. I, I was just thinking about Linkin Park the other day because I reset up my VR shit, which is the biggest waste of money I've ever dropped. And look, I spent like, I've spent really dumb like amounts of money before. Like I've, I've blown $200 on like half a hand of blackjack. I still uh, think this VR shit is the worst <laughs> purchase I've ever made because yeah. the only game it came with was this thing called Beat Saber, which is like Dance Dance Revolution or Guitar Heroes if you were holding two lightsabers and there's just like crap coming at you and they added a whole bunch of Linkin Park songs yesterday. <laughs> so nice. I, like, yeah. uh, I love Galladay in Cambodia as a team name. So I when I first started doing fantasy, I would just do like... Uh, wrestling references or um i named a few teams like team no sleeves or sleeveless army uh but that i've always done more recent years i've always done like play on words so for baseball i had duda where's my car for lucas duda or uh, for joe mauer i had go go mauer rangers uh my baseball team this year i have garrett cole so my team name is glory cole yeah that league I was so disappointed. I fought my way into the playoffs. I got the I got the fifth seed out of six, and I ended up losing in the first round. Uh, but I was proud yeah. of myself because the guys in that league are legit good. Like they're making moves yeah. every day. Like they're very up on what's going on. So I, I was glad that I did well enough to like 
do seriously, but I also didn't like upset the two guys that are like care about this. Like it's their life. They're there in those yeah, <laughs> moves every day. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, my fantasy football, I won week one. Did you, how do you, I scored like 125. I think it was like top two or three in my league in points scored this week. I, I had a good week. I, it would have, the main factor was that friggin' dumbass on the Eagles didn't play and got zero points. Miles, yeah, Miles Sanders didn't play. Yeah. Um, oh, also, I'm big on uh, loyalty as far as like late rounds. Like when you said drafting Ezekiel Elliott, uh, and it's fun for me because I get to watch someone who I'm rooting for. I won't like, draft Dak Prescott in the second round or anything like that. I won't go crazy. But last round of the draft, I need a kicker. Dan Bailey, I had every year when he was on the Cowboys, he always did well. He's on Minnesota now, but I'm still loyal, and I'll draft I'm, – I'm, I'm taking Dan Bailey. I, I just had this fucking flashback once to playing fantasy baseball in probably 2010, 11, maybe. Like, maybe 2009. Yeah. But – it's the first round, and this guy who I don't like at all gets invited into this league. He's like, I think he's the biggest douche. He's all this different shit. I either way, he goes up for his first round pick, all confident, and he's like, in the first pick in the 2010 draft, Derek Jeter. And watching everybody realize that he was serious, and then just laughing in his face is one of my favorite memories because I hated this guy, yeah. and it was just watching him just get destroyed. There's someone, there, yeah, there's someone in my league this year who I can't stand. I was in a league with him once before, and he just doesn't pay attention the entire time, and uh, set, he's the kind of person who will sit, like talk about things like he knows about them, so people who are interested will like him and like listen to him talk about it, but he really doesn't know what he's talking about. So he's in the fantasy league. He ought didn't even show up for the draft. It auto-picked the whole time. First trade of the year goes to somebody who's in the league, who hasn't been in the league with him before, got him to negotiate a terrible trade. And now I'm – there's a couple other people in the league who know it's a terrible trade and know that this guy is retarded. But I'm trying to convince the other people now, don't let this person take advantage of this person who has no idea what he's doing. This person shouldn't be in the league in the first place. Uh, and I hate when that something like that happens where somebody – Although I have a friend in high school who did do that. I wasn't in his league, but he like paid off someone in the league to make bad trades with him. And I'm like, dude, that's fucking dumb. Yeah. That's really fucked up. At a certain point, it's like, every time you do that, you're cutting into your own winnings, first of all. That too. Which is, which is like. No, he, um, he was just super competitive and cared. He said if he could not win any of the money, but win the league and he like paid off people to help him win, it would have been breaking even for him. That sounds really dumb I'd, i would always yes. rather have the money that's yeah. that's ridiculous um yeah yeah so one of the weird stats about the nfl this week there was only one game without a missed kick in it there was a missed extra point or a missed field goal in every single game except vikings versus packers yeah that, and that was a crazy game aaron Rodgers, holy shit mm. i mean if any he's what I mean, we lived through an era of, like, Peyton and uh, Brady, so it's tough to say. But after those two, Aaron Rodgers may be the best quarterback of our lifetime. Yeah, for sure. And he's got he's got all the numbers and some of the success. You're, you'd have to, like, look at Drew Brees, too, just numbers and success. Right, uh, yeah, you're right. Drew Brees is up there also. Um, it would be between Brees and Rodgers. But, yeah, Rodgers is so good, and it feels almost like he's a little overlooked. Yeah, well, he has the same sort of 
he had huge shoes to fill. It's, it's really impressive that people aren't still bitching about Brett Favre up in Green Bay because yeah. if you if you yeah. thought when he like if you looked at the climate there when he left, you'd think that was going to go on forever. So yeah, I mean Brett Favre playing. Uh, Brett Favre did it. Played like two hundred straight games. Played on Monday Night Football. Won a game after his dad died. Sending dick pics to hot female reporters. He's done. Viking in addiction. He's done it all. The, it's so, he's really, actually, when you phrase it like that, it's amazing how together he seems to have kept it when that's the trajectory of his life. Like the highlight points get shittier and shittier <laughs> as you go along. <laughs> and he hasn't had some kind of mental breakdown. He's still cashing those fucking Wrangler at checks. In, at a certain point in his life, he's not playing anymore and he's just in the news for bad things and all he has to cling to is his Wrangler endorsements. Which is not nothing i bet the jean like at worst he never pays for jeans and that's like fit jeans could be like 60 70 dollars if they're good jeans he's probably got like a good red farb was my favorite football player as a kid um absolutely he was my favorite so like because i never really rooted for the jets or giants and i didn't really get into the cowboys till i was a teenager and a friend of mine moved up from texas and got me into watching the longhorns and cowboys um, but I mean, as like a kid when the Cowboys were winning and they were America's team, I was like, I had positive thoughts about them, but I wouldn't watch and be like, I need the Cowboys to win this Sunday. Uh, Brett Favre was my guy. So I always liked the Packers. I love when the Packers won the, um, that Super Bowl in 96 against the Patriots. I was a big fan of that team. Uh, then I got really into the Saints, uh, right after Hurricane Katrina. And that was also when I got my first Madden and the Saints were the team. I always killed it with the Madden. Mm. Yeah, that that's a big influence for a lot of a lot of different people. Did you know anyone who bought stock in the Packers? I knew a guy in high school who had like two shares of the Green Bay Packers. No, I didn't, but I know that's the whole thing because like the whole team, the whole uh, city owns the team. Yeah, they're publicly traded. They're the only major franchise that is yeah. publicly tradable, and it, it's not yeah. you... absurdly expensive to get a share of it. Like, of course, yeah. Do you remember the first football jersey you ever owned? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm wearing it right now. I'm pretty sure this is the OCU. That's Manor. the first one. Is that o- OCU in your Giants jersey? Yeah, I'm pretty That's sure a- this was the first one that I like wanted and got. The first one I want. It was when I was like those two years where I was really into the Saints. Uh, my first football jersey was the gold uh, Saints one. The gold when they had the black and the home was all black and the away was all gold. So it was the full gold Deuce McAllister. Yeah, I, I think it's like cool. And I remember the first time that like people like there was some like wear a jersey to school day or something, and people showed up in like all these different team things. And like, yes, it looks cool, but it, even to adulthood, I don't have any jerseys of teams I don't root for. And I oh I have I have a uh, I have a lot yeah I know, yeah. yeah I know like I, I, yeah. you're on the complete opposite spectrum of this but I remember just having my mind blown as a kid where it's like looking around like okay we're not in Dallas we're not in Philadelphia we're like not over here like we're in northern New Jersey like where's the pride and yeah. and then I although the first yeah but I do have all my home teams also yeah I just I, I, to this day or like the most frustrating thing in the world was be I, I've just learned like if I see someone wearing a baseball hat the odds they watch baseball is like 30 percent you can't go up to somebody yeah. and just talk to them like they know about baseball right yeah, I actually just, uh, I think uh, during quarantine, I went uh, a little bit ham. I ordered a few more jerseys because there will be ones on clearance. And I just ordered one um, uh, 
there wasn't one. I saw it on sale online. It wasn't a. Uh, it's an old Houston Oilers jersey with number thirty-four. It doesn't say Campbell on it, but his old jersey didn't say it and didn't have the logo anywhere either. So it is like the actual jersey that he wore, the old powder blue Houston Oilers Earl Campbell jersey. Um, but there is a part of me when I was getting, I'm like, doesn't have the logo or the name anywhere. Is it still worth getting? But it is exactly what they wore, and it looks cool, so I did get it. Yeah, that's really all you have to. That that's, you know, that's perfect. If, as long as it like looks good, and then you could yeah. kind of explain it. To I, that's the coolest part to me is like when something like catches people's eye, but it has like a meaning that like they'd never know if they didn't like really, really, really know that like. Those are my favorite things, even uh, with pro wrestling shirts. I like getting ones that you wouldn't know what they are unless you know it. Because then somebody who's into it, you have an easy conversation starter. <laughs> Divi got me what, like one of these like face mask things where it looks like it's just this weird pattern of colors going across all of it. But it's actually every frame of the Simpsons movie just pushed like this. And so nobody would ever be able to be like, hey, it's the Simpsons movie. But it's very funny for me to know that like this is the entire Simpsons movie on my face. <laughs> nobody That's very funny. Um, um, let's see. Yeah. So yeah, let's go through some of these uh, football games this week. Did you get a chance to like sit down and fully watch any of them? Only the fucking Colts and the Jaguars because they were uh, I one of the betting sites I use offered like a free entry into a survivor pool. So I was like, fuck it pick the Colts nice, like 29% right? of the rest Gard of the league. Yeah, Gardner Minshew coming through for me. Yeah, the it, it was the most frustrating thing ever. I also watched the Lions and Bears because I had bet on the Lions minus two and a half and those dumbasses. Right. Well, those were two of the best games of the week, just not for you because you bet on the wrong team. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they were both comeback wins in the fourth quarter where I'm sitting there like, you know, you motherfuckers, like, just <laughs> yeah. stop. Although I will also, I drafted Gardner Minshew late. He's not my starting quarterback for anyone listening thinking I was making that move. He's my backup. My starter is Tom Brady, who <laughs> what? had a discipline. <laughs> what? Why? I mean, I got him like the 10th or 12th round or something. That's a really solid starting quarterback to have in fantasy. I drafted him literally with the last pick as a joke. What? <laughs> oh, no. He would have go gone way before the last pick in Miley. What league are you in that Tom Brady's still available at the last pick? Everybody was laughing their asses off when I took him, too, because he's an old man who had to learn a new playbook. He's, I, don't, I don't know that. Yeah, but he's got a stacked offense. Yeah, but. And he did pretty well this week. Well, so. Not really. Numbers-wise, numbers -wise, he did pretty well because he had a couple, like, late touchdowns. Um, he had three touchdowns, two pass touchdowns, one rushing. And over 200 yards, that's a solid week for a starting fantasy quarterback. Yeah, but th there's there, there's so many people that are better. Not that we're available at that point in the draft. You, so you just were like, fuck it, I don't want like a good d dominant quarterback this year. <laughs> like, I don't. No, I think in fantasy, in fantasy, I don't think that um, maybe if you're getting Mahomes or Jackson, but after that. There's not much of a drop between the th uh, Aaron Rodgers also after the first week, especially. But if you're not getting one of those top quarterbacks, the difference between the fifth best quarterback and the 15th best quarterback is not much. Watson and Newton are huge, though, because running touchdowns. But, okay, there's your top five. Watson, Newton, Rodgers, Jackson, Mahomes. If you don't get one of those five, and Newton was further down also. Yeah, well, he's been eternally... He's underrated and underperforms all the time. He's one of those people where, like, when you watch him when he's on, he clearly has something in him where he could be unstoppable, but it's just not something that yeah. pops out consistently. 
Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get to watch any of the. I didn't watch the uh, Falcons. I didn't get to see a lot of stuff. I know uh, Burrow's got his first touchdown on a QB draw. Yeah, um, yeah. The Bengal uh, Burrow. I mean, it was only one week, so, but it, he didn't look exceptionally good or exceptionally bad in any way. You see, he's a rookie quarterback, and it's uh, it's only been within our lifetimes where rookie quarterbacks consistently start like the week one that they were drafted. I always, as a kid, I always remember the story being rookies drafted. He has to sit behind the starter for a while, maybe takes over partway through the year. There was never a rookie. It was very rare, at least, rookie to come in and start week one. Yeah, but that's, I guess that's sort of the new style now. Is Yeah. Well, speaking last year, uh, was rookie last year, number one overall pick, looks really good this year. Uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals upset the 49ers. Yeah, that was another big one. Uh, the two biggest teams picked for this survivor thing were Indianapolis and San Francisco. So they they knocked out like half the pool week one. Yeah. The, the real move is, yeah. I, it's really stupid because the way to win fantasy or survivor football is pick against the Jets until the Jets have to play a team that you've already picked. And then it gets hard. You have to like figure out who else will definitely yeah. lose. Pretty much. Uh, I will say, I don't think I can ever remember uh, a head coach getting as universally told he's a moron by like everyone, including people in the media as Adam Gase was this past week. Um, like people in the media will try and be like, he's not good, but there's this, like, there's, they'll at least try You know, there's the people online. There's some people in the media who are like going to be outrageous. Like I expect someone like Stephen A. Smith to call someone a moron. When Mike Greenberg is on ESPN saying, I wouldn't let this guy coach my pop, my kids pop one or football league. Like it, it seems like another level with Gase. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't have a ton of insight onto this. It's I thought that was hilarious too. Just watching people just dump all over it, and he's probably sitting there yeah. laughing his way to the bank. He probably doesn't really <laughs> give a shit about that. Oh, really. just, I think he does. I think it's impossible to be in that position and be in any position like that and have everyone shitting on you and not care. We've both been uh, had times where we tweet something and 30 people shit on us and it feels like the whole world is coming in on us. Yeah. I've uh, 30 people. That would uh, it's like 400 times the amount of interaction an average tweet of mine gets. I'd, I'd be panicking. If I ever Yeah. That that is a completely panic-inducing moment. If your phone starts going off, like more than three times in a minute you're like fuck what did i do like, like yeah <laughs> shit yeah um but it's interesting. so adam gase was peyton manning's offensive coordinator with denver and it seems like that's what gets him is because after that he went to the bears to be offensive coordinator they weren't that good but then he still got the miami dolphins head coaching job they made the playoffs his first year with them um and then Missed playoffs the next two years. He gets fired, gets the Jets job. And I won't forget this. When he sits down for the press conference for the Jets, his eyes, like, bugged out of his head. And that was the story on, like, every newspaper the whole week was that Adam Gase's eyes look weird. <laughs> it was a slow week. <laughs> That's, uh... Um, and, uh, yeah, and now it's – so it seems like it, – maybe he's just a really good, really good at doing job interviews. 
um, and is must be uh, thanking Peyton Manning for the rest of his life. Yeah, I was like, that's sort of what I was thinking too. Like, he's probably real fun to like get steaks with or something. Like, <laughs> just like the yeah. owners really enjoy his company or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's not like anyone um, there cares so, about winning, or at least they haven't shown that they care in the last forty-five years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did watch a lot of um, probably the game I watched the most of. I caught like midway through the first quarter. I started watching. I got home late Monday night and i watched the titans broncos the second monday night game mm. and uh that was a pretty good game steven gostowski who i remember being a great kicker of the Patriots, missed like three field goals in this game yeah and uh vic fangio the broncos head coach uh made there was like one call where you, they did a deep bomb on a third and one instead of running it that's one of those that if it works you're a genius if it doesn't work you're an idiot but at the end of the game Titans are driving downfield to go. They're down by two to go for the game-winning field goal. Fangio doesn't call a timeout at all. And that seems like everyone who's ever played Madden knows that you got to freeze the clock to give yourself more time unless he's just assuming Gostowski's going to miss again, which you can't, you can't play that way. Yeah, even though he's like was having a bad night, you can't bet against a kicker who especially had that kind of success like that. That's that's yeah weird. Um, but the so the interesting talk of Monday Night Football is uh, over the last few years they haven't been able to find a good Monday Night Football booth for the last several years. Mm. Um, it's uh, the one I I'm pretty. It was always Al Michaels, John Madden is the or is that NBC Sunday Night Football? Am I mixing? Who's the Monday Night Football booth? I gotta look this up. I almost <laughs> just said something completely ignorant. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I know it's so uh, so unlike me to say something ignorant. <laughs> the uh, oh man, yeah. Well, while you're looking that up, I'm gonna real quick tease of this video. I'm gonna tweet out. Um, there's this awesome thing that happened this week where this guy named Kevin Jones, he was playing disc golf. He's a professional disc golfer, and he throws this thing and eats shit. It's so funny. It looks like his knee like twists around, and he's like on the ground. But then this thing goes 530 feet through a bunch of real tight trees, and he gets a hole in one as he's like on the ground. Like, oh fuck my leg. It's it's so awesome. <laughs> So, wow. so yeah, if anybody wants to see the best disc golf shot I've ever seen because it's hilarious and then impressive, it's 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 a clip that's got everything. So you know, just while while Matt's uh, looking up this information, yeah. So yeah, Al Michaels was on Monday Night Football for years. Frank Gifford was before him. That was a little bit before my time. ESPN took over in the mid two thousands, and uh, Mike Tirico was the play by play guy, and. Uh, since ESPN's been that they had um, a few guys they've gone through. Um, I know at first it was, I remember Mike Tirico and Tony Kornheiser. I love Tony Kornheiser. He was not very good in that role. Um, Mike Tirico, John Gruden was a fun booth for a few years. Um, but yeah, the color commentators they had, they had, yeah, there was a, def a period of time where it was Al Michaels and John Madden. That was right before they moved it over to uh, ESPN. And uh, the color commentator always kind of changed around. They had Boomer in for a bit. Dennis Miller, I remember that disaster. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've covered um, that on the announcing bracket. <laughs> yeah. Um, a uh, couple of years in the age, they had O.J. Simpson announcing. Personally, my favorite broadcast they've ever had. They should just make everyone angry and give the job to A-Rod. <laughs> give Monday Night Football to Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> He's already a company man. He works there. 
So last year they had um, Joe Tessitor and Booger McFarland, and that was kind of universally panned by everyone. Although, for the most part, with announcers in general, we did our big announcer bracket. Um, there are some announcers. When it's a great booth, I'm really excited about it. There are no announcers I really hate. Yeah. I said I can tune it out pretty easily if it's not something that I'm interested in hearing in. Like, or literally half the time I'm watching in a bar and the sound is off. So it's like I, yeah. I'm not hearing. Like, when I, any games, like I think Tony Romo is really great announcing. I It stands out to me when someone's a really great announcer. But Joe Buck gets more shit than I think he deserves. Joe Buck is fine. Mm. Yeah, I, he... We've talked about him a bunch too. It's like that thing where yeah. he's like always. I do. I do on yeah. big national games. I do like games. Joe Buck and Troy. I do like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman when they do games. Uh, uh, when they do football games, I like that combination. Uh, but so the uh, the new boots that they did this past week, uh, they did Steve Levy was in there, uh, who I've always liked him as a sports anchor. He um, it was. I mean, it's only been one week, so it's hard to tell. From what I was seeing, people weren't. Um, super into loving the steve levy booth um but the one the early game which i didn't watch was um chris fowler and kirk herbstreit the college football guys mm-hmm. and uh everyone said they were amazing a lot of stuff on twitter was we need more kirk herbstreit on monday night football uh but now that it seems like more college football is going to be coming back and the big 10 just announced they're going to be doing more games I don't think Kirk Herbstreit's in the NFL to say. Did you a couple things to well, I, it was probably real fun for them to get to talk about how fucking Ben Roethlisberger outrushed Barkley six yards to four yards, but uh, yeah, that that and uh, fans got to go to football games this week. Yeah, in the South. Yeah, that um, fan, the fans got to go in Jacksonville. I know. Yeah, which is which is nuts. It's just, it's just crazy that they it's crazy on both sides of the coin. It's kind of nuts. And, that, and, and uh, yeah, Kansas City let in a few also. Yeah, it's nuts that they're letting people in. But I think it worked out. I don't I haven't heard any kind of story that it like a bunch of people got sick. Not like that Smash Mouth concert, which I thought of you when I saw that story. The, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I was super excited. Smash Mouth can do no wrong in my actually OK. I think I may need to correct something. When I said Lincoln Park was the first CD that I was like, I had to get, um, I think I had a Smash Mouth CD also, and I think that may have preceded Lincoln Park. They had like a concert outside with like 500 people, and like 130 of them got corona. Like it was, yeah, it was, was like at, a disaster. Yeah, that, was at, that was at Sturgis, right? Yeah, it was, it was, like a, rally. It was a complete yeah. disaster. But then like the chain smokers had like 10,000 people out in Long Island, and like three people got sick. So what does that say about the people trekking out to see Smash Mouth? I guess. <laughs> Um, but um, yeah, Mike Tari- uh, not Mike Tariq, uh, Steve Levy was in the booth with Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy. I was watching that game. There was nothing I heard there that I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And nothing I heard that made me think it was bad either. So we'll see. I do think that um, it, when there is a uh, football, Monday Night Football institution like that, knowing that for years you're seeing the same two people, for years when it was Mike Tariq and John Gruden, that felt good. I know I'm tuning in to see Mike Tirico and John Gruden, John Madden, Al Michaels. Uh, when you're doing baseball with the baseball games, and it's like the same. When it's the same two people. I mean, okay, I should not in all cases. John <laughs> Sterling, Susan Waldman, I could use to be changed at this point um, for Yankee games. But for the most part, Michael Kay and Paul O'Neill 
there, it's a very familial feel to it. I like that. John Sterling reminded me that we like let a really funny story slip by like two weeks ago. Like he on the radio said that the problem with baseball today is that there's no intercourse between the players and managers, which is like, yeah. you know, I've thought that many times too. It's like I'm looking down at the dugout and I'm like, they're all there. Why aren't they fucking? Like they're 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 all right next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> not once, you know, not nobody. Just if he was like, announcing in the '70s for the Yankees, it would have worked. There were two pitchers who white swapped. Yeah, I was like, there was players that <laughs> fucked in the 70s. Maybe that's what John Sterling is saying, is that there's not enough players. Why? He really meant it. He means that the players should be having more intercourse with each other. There's like, they're like John Boy's doing lip reading while somebody's getting <laughs> fucked in the ass in the dugout. Yeah. We're slipping there's into... Fritz, Pe- Fritz Peterson and Mike Kekich. Yeah, we're, sli- we're slipping into Comtown territory real quick here. <laughs> like a whole bit about... The uh, actually though this does kind of a couple a couple interesting things in uh baseball this week real quick um this is the Padres' first winning season in ten years yeah um Alec Mills no hit the Brewers yeah how about that Alec Mills first time he ever threw a complete game in his career and uh, I think this is his first like full season in the big leagues too he's always been up and down mm-hmm. that was a uh, crazy no hitters uh but we did a whole episode a while back on perfect games and. Uh, yeah, it's crazy how someone just has a really good day one day. Uh, sometimes it's random. Other guys have amazing careers and never get a day like that. Yeah, it's the same thing with like holes in one in golf. It's just one of those things like the stars just have to align for you right then. The uh, yeah. But it's uh, the very first time in baseball history that both Chicago teams have a no-hitter in the same season. Oh, okay. That's fun. Which is always a fun one. Uh, do you follow this, like the scoregami thing? No, I don't think I know what that is. Scorigami is something they do in baseball and football. There's been so many games, and, you know, the possible results are only so many. So every time there's a score that's never happened before, like a final score that's completely new, it's called a Scorigami thing, and people get okay. really excited about it. And the Atlanta Braves beating the Marlins 29-9 to was the year's first yes. entry into it. There's never been a baseball game to end 29-9 to before that one. Yeah, I saw that, that there had never been a game that ended with that score before. I think there's only been, like, two games ever with 30 runs. Mm-hmm. I know the Texas Rangers a few years ago won 30-3, to um, which a lot of people were bringing up when the Tatis swinging on the 3-0 pitch, breaking the unwritten rule against the Rangers. They were like, you ran up the score when you won 30-3. to And also, the Rangers' record since that Tatis swinging on 3-0 was 3-17, so fuck them. Yeah, that was definitely a a bad move. (laughs) That that definitely felt like uh, sore losering, for sure. Um, Let's see. There was one other one. Uh, You know how they've been talking about expansion in the MLB? Yeah. The the big rumor is there'll be two new teams. One of them is probably going to Canada, whether they give it to uh, Vancouver or back to Montreal is yet to be seen yeah but there is now a legitimate bid for the other one um just nashville stars yeah justin timberlake is their big celebrity investor and he wants to bring baseball to nashville which sure i would i would absolutely and also baseball needs something like to feel like cool and relevant again because there is something where it's not as like pop culture relevant as it once was if justin timberlake's bringing a team new baseball team that would be a really good thing for Major League Baseball, I think. They'd have instant rivalries with the Braves and Cardinals. Yep. 
Um, 100%. Yeah, I think the Mets would be the only team that's like, hey, what about our rival? And it's like, no, they got another one now. They're much closer to them. <laughs> yeah. So you um, got to go so... with the Phillies. Uh, and then just the top, I can't believe that it hasn't come up this week. Uh, a man who knows how to keep himself in the news, Araldus Chapman shit his pants on the mound this week. I did not see this. What? What? Okay, how do you not know about this? Raldi is out on the mound, and he, like, puts his hand up like the I'm injured sort of thing. And he either is, yeah. like, there's a great John Boy breakdown of this, but he either shit his pants or was, like, turtle-heading on the mound because he, like, you, he's acting and moving completely differently. And you know what the weirdest part is? His fastball control got better. He, like, nailed, he just mowed down the next couple guys because he really wanted to go into the locker room. It's like maybe yeah. this is the secret to closing out games. You just like put him in a, like some shit filled pants, and he's like, "Fuck, I gotta get the fuck out of here." He didn't. He struck out the last batter, and he didn't even do the stare. He did this like weird spin move and had this like crazy smile. That's like, I can finally get out of here. And he's like runs yeah. to the locker room, pats Gary once, which is right straight past everybody. And in the post game, so one of the reporters asked Boone about it, and Boone just started laughing, and he's like, "You know, nature calls sometimes." Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny oh man and he did well too i wish he shit his pants last year in the last game against the astros yeah it's like no matter what he's gonna get up there and shit his pants whether it's physically or metaphorically is the big the big thing that yeah. you have to worry about you want it to be literal so uh yeah that th those were my uh big baseball stories this week so, yeah, I have a fun thing. I uh, met uh, this past weekend. I was, doing I was doing a comedy festival. Outdoor comedy shows are back. Um, if you're around, look for some in your area, at least in New York. I know other places are actually doing some indoor seating, like socially distanced. But, yeah, in New York and New Jersey, uh, yeah, it was New Jersey this past weekend. I was doing outdoor shows. And uh, a couple of comedian friends of ours, who we talked about at some point getting on the podcast, maybe when we're back in studio and not, on Zoom, like there's Greg and Rob Cardazone, two twins. They're both huge baseball fans, big baseball trivia. And one of them toured me uh, going decade by decade to guess who was the, uh, had the most hits of any Major League Baseball player in the decade, uh, of each decade. After a couple of guesses, I was able to get um, 70s is Pete Rose, 80s is Robin Yount, 90s was a really tough one. It took a lot of hits. For me to get it's not someone who you would expect do you have any idea is it bonds no i'm not someone who you would expect not a hall of famer oh, and, i mean bonds isn't a hall of famer but not somebody who would be a hall of famer uh, it's just some like journeyman guy that's just, just was around not a journeyman he um was a consistent player with his team he loved by his team but never was really good with them huh i mean no he was good with them the team itself was never good when he was there nomar Nope, Mark Grace of the Cubs. Huh. That is, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were good. They were good like one year with Sammy Sosa. Um, Mark Grace ended up winning a World Series with the Diamondbacks. But yeah, throughout the '90s, he had the most hits of the entire decade. Here, because I know you're not as big a baseball historian, but from 2010 to 2019, I have the numbers up here. Who led everything? Who do you think had the most hits of any baseball player from 2010 to 2019? Ichiro. Nope. He's 2000 to 2009, I believe. The decade before. It's either him or Jeter. But 2010 to 2019 is not even them. Pujols? Nope. Hmm. It is someone who played for the Yankees. 
it, it is. Yep. And the 2010 to 2019, huh, was it, like, consistently on the Yankees? Um, for the first half of the decade. Teixeira? Nope. Yeah, that's... You're going to be really mad. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. It's going to be one of those things where it's, like, very obvious to me. Is it, it's not Jeter, is it? No. Robinson Cano. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Uh, what about home runs, 2010 and 2019? Who has the most? Pujols, Cabrera. I'm trying to think of guys who were, like, big, consistent, every-year home run hitters. J.D. Martinez. Nope, you're getting a little closer. Big power hitter, uh, not really known for anything else. Ortiz? No, Nelson Cruz. Oh, yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Yeah, and Max Scherzer has the most strikeouts and wins for the decade. Yeah, Scherzer, like, was a huge factor on that Nationals World Series win, and he doesn't get the same kind of talk that you know, Juan Soto or any of them got, but he was, he's consistent, like yeah. he's consistently been one of the best players for a really long yeah. time. And yeah, another, uh, yeah. Andy Pettit had the most wins of the decade from 2000, 2010. That, that doesn't kind of crazy to think about. Well, some of this ends up being like Tony Gwynn would have had the most hits, but he played between the eighties and the nineties. So he doesn't get like one deck. If you took the 10 year, his best 10 years, he had the most hits during those 10 years. And so numbers like that are a little bit skewed, but it is interesting. I think it's like, yeah, for the that entire decade, nobody had more wins in baseball than Andy Pettit. That's it. Where where does uh like Cal Ripken Jr. rank on any of that? Because you, you think if you play every day, you just accidentally end up in like the top ten well, of hits. <laughs> but but he would he would be the same thing because his peak was like in the mid to late eighties to the early to mid nineties. So he didn't have a full like. 10-year decade where he was at his peak the whole time. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I'm not good at that kind of thing. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I, I need to, I like, be reminded of things. I know about a ton of stuff. It's just hard for me to, like, reach in there and access it without the little reminders. I'm yeah, not... no, I spent, like, my whole childhood buried into, like, baseball almanac stuff. It was always, like, uh, but, you know, so some people, like, I was able to be friends with nerdy kids and athletic, like, jock kids because I had all the same, like, autism of the nerdy kids, but I had all the same interests as the jocks. I, I'm, like, if this was movies, though, like, do, do, do you remember a board game called Screen It that came out for, it was, like... Where you would, like, watch, like, a little clip from a movie and you have to guess where it's from? Mm-hmm. Nobody would ever play yeah. with me because I was unbeatable. I, I could win the game without, <laughs> like, loop, like, other people wouldn't even get a turn. I just was so, yeah. like, so I, that's definitely, like, if, we, if you were asking me about, like, Scorsese movies, I could do that yeah. sort of same thing. Um, I know it's, it's a week late now. Um, football season already did start, but two weeks ago you made me make predictions for things that I got wrong, so I'm going to make you make a Super Bowl prediction now. Mm. Let's I, do our, yeah. Yeah, we'll do our Super Bowl predictions. I think it's going to be... I I think the AFC is getting... It, there's not going to be an enormous big surprise. I think Kansas City and Baltimore yeah. going to the AFC Championship is a, probably a safer bet than a lot of other ones you could make. I think that that's something... Yeah. KC looks so good, and they're still really good. The Texans are also 
good, but we just saw they're clearly not as good as the Chiefs. So yeah. it's hard to pick against Kansas City for me at this point. Out of the NFC, things things are a little more wide open. You you could people you know would have last week said San Francisco. They obviously aren't unbeatable. The Seahawks are always a factor. You know, I don't know. The NFC is tough. Maybe maybe you could get the Falcons coming in out of nowhere. You got the Saints coming. Who knows? I don't know. You made me make a prediction and make an ass out of myself. Pick one. I, you know, only you think that. I, I, I doubt anybody <laughs> remembers <laughs> exactly what was said. I, uh, yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll go Kansas City and uh, hmm, just some random NFC team. Who knows? Maybe Aaron Rodgers gets one last big run out of himself. Go KC like Green Bay. Yeah, I agree with you on the Chiefs coming out of the AFC. It's hard to make a prediction that's not them at this point. Yeah, they're um, so good. Anything can happen, but they were the best team last year. They didn't lose anything. They only added. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new the new rookie running back they have uh, Edwards Hilaire looked really good Monday night so I can't see picking against them. I think I'll take the Saints out of the NFC. Um, one last hurrah for Drew Brees. Um, yeah, I uh, the, every year there's somebody who picks the Cowboys because of their talent, and every year they don't make it. And that's the thing is like if the Cowboys make the playoffs, start making a run. As soon as they make me feel like that they have a chance is when they'll lose. But the thing is, like, that was the weird thing now with, like, before the uh, NHL playoffs, I wouldn't, I didn't predict the Islanders to make it because there was no chance they would. But now they're, like, only a couple games. It was like they're in the conference finals. There's actually a chance they do. Yeah, they need to win two in a row. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I would make, like, predictions every year, and it was like I always picked the Yankees because they had a chance, and I would never forgive myself if my team won and I didn't predict it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's not the, that it means that not that it means anything at all. But in my head, I was like, no, I would I would have picked him. I would have picked him. <laughs> yeah, that that that's the one of the luxuries of the, being a Yankee fan, though, because like the, the the two times the Giants won, if you would pick them preseason, people would have been like, ha, huh, no. <laughs> but yeah. it was that they they rolled right over. I like I would never. Pre- Although next year, maybe I will, you know, toss my hat in the I believe in the Nets ring again <laughs> but it, yeah. it's never gone steve well in nash the... is a, steve nash that goes also briefly we talked about it a little bit last week the steve nash thing mm-hmm. um the white privilege comments and all and uh i was gonna say we didn't have like and it kind of just happened so it would uh but now that like a week of other people talking about it reading more about it yeah there were there have been plenty of black coaches who went straight from playing to uh coaching yeah that was that was clickbait i he uh he's doing the same thing like today right now because uh max kellerman is so big on the clippers that i'm sure he spent the entire show just screaming about how the clippers suck and kellerman's an idiot and 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 granted yes there's never been a guy who went straight from being a player to a coach who had got a coaching job where it was with star players like this but kevin durant's worked with steve nash and specifically picked him yeah, like it doesn't. It it was a ridiculous uh, yeah thing to. <laughs> it was taking a uh, general problem that is a legit problem and trying to apply it to a specific situation that it didn't fit in. 
But, and then it just makes like you just throw this on Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, the whole organization. Now they're the white privilege organization. That I just thought it was all unfair. Yeah, I I agree with that. And but and real quick, going back to the Chiefs and Texans before we get too far uh, off of them, did you see what happened in the pregame? I don't think so. I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> it was like the top like story on like reddit when i opened it up that uh they all stood like arm in arm they're like after the anthem and people started booing them and it was just this like watching the clip watch like the nfl literally lowers the audio on youtube so that you can't hear it and then reading yeah. all the comments was it was just i spent like half an hour just watching people react in the biggest ways to this like there were some people that yeah. were outraged it happened some people were just in like appalled at the booing and just just reading the words that these people were using was so entertaining to me because it's like all of you need to shut the fuck up and and it was yeah it was very fun because i was watching espn talk about it and espn of all the sports organizations is the most political which um for better or worse sometimes it gets annoying um like they when i watch nfl network and other things they address this stuff but they don't focus on it the way ESPN does as much or the ESPN is almost making it part of its brand that they're on the right side of history and they're on the right side politically. Um, so when ESPN was talking about it, they were like, seemed like kind of a mixed reaction. There's some booze, but by the end of it, everyone appreciated it. Uh, come on. Yeah. They got like, use... we can hear, we saw what happened. <laughs> yeah. They got to use the lawyer to people have lost their minds completely though. There's a guy who runs a survivor pool that like me and my dad have been in for like 15, 16 years. And he's like not doing it this year because of shit like this. He didn't say that in the email directly. He's like, you know, because people can't keep politics out of, out of stuff i'm just you know but i literally think he's one of the people that's like i'm not watching the nfl if they like love black people like i legit think that he stopped doing the survivor pool because yeah of well, that the thing is there's there's a middle gr- where there's like the people who are on the side of um all this stuff is great all the protesting is awesome there's the people who are kind of like i don't mind it i'm happy they're doing it there's the people who are like fuck anything political that I don't agree with and they're like super right wing and they won't watch because of that. There's a lot of people in the middle who are just kind of like, yeah, they can do it. I feel bad about it, but I, I've done all I can. I protest. I did this. But when they keep having it thrown at them, we'll just change the channel. Which I do is... think that there are not everyone, not everyone who boos that I think doesn't care about black lives. I think they care there's empathy fatigue for a lot of people and they've done all they can they've donated and i would never boo i would never boo it myself but i feel like hearing those boos and saying wow they're all racist is not there's more nuance to it than that also sure maybe they're not all racist but they are all dumb as fuck (laughs) <laughs> that that is uh, the stu- yeah. I, I think it's the stupidest any no it is, a, like, it is a very dumb thing to boo people locking arm in arm yeah just all dumb as hell and but the, the problem becomes like sure you can change the channel but like that that's it now you have to like you've changed the channel and you can change it back there's no law against that like it, it's it becomes like on you to not freak out and like bother other people with your shit like i hate movie trailers i love movie theaters i love going i don't watch trailers like on youtube because i'm either sold on what the movie is i think it's more fun to not know the fucking entire story before sitting down and watching a movie and trailers just give away yeah. everything i 
go to movie theaters 15 minutes late on purpose. And then if I catch the end of the trailers, I see like one and a half trailers. I'm not like in the manager's face, like you ruined Spider-Man for me in two months because I just saw this. Like it, that's on me. I'd be the I'd be the dick. So you're encouraging people to show up late to games so they miss the national anthem. If it's going to bother you that much, that's a step you can take. <laughs> Tailgate for an extra 10 minutes. Like, ha- have yeah. another burger by your car if this is going to just utterly ruin your day. It's like, it's on you. It's not on that them is to just not such a, do that it. That is such a pathetic thing. Mm-hmm. Someone's in the parking lot like, you know, the game starts like, yeah, but I don't want to see anyone disrespect the flag. <laughs> I I agree with you a hundred percent, but it's it's if that is something that is going to like you know in your head like oh they better not or it's like the time fucking Mike Pence saw Hamilton and at the end they're like oh you know and he's I, it'll still blow my mind oh no you left the play uh, because it got gay and political like what what did you expect out of the play about I Alexander thought- Hamilton. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up when Mike Pence went to a Colts-Browns game because he's from Indiana, and then they some players knelt during the national anthem and he left before the game started. Or, and that was the year that the that was uh, the year before the Colts got Andrew Luck and after Manning, so they had Jacoby Brissett starting. And I was like, oh yeah, you left a Jacoby Brissett versus the Cleveland Brown games early. So like most people would have left that game early, regardless of the national anthem. Yeah, it, it's just or like. You have shit to do. Like, just, it was a yeah, public appearance. Also, it's like, also, yeah. what kind of 16-year-old girl are you going to leave a game if they don't stand for your favorite song? Yeah, it's it's utterly absurd. Pat Oswalt has an old bit that's amazing where he's like, I love when people try to get laws passed because of their religion because it, to me, feels like me walking up to the White House with a Green Lantern comic, like, make my favorite thing real, too. <laughs> <laughs> I want a ring. <laughs> but it's like... Yeah, I I think anybody that's like, it, it it's so easy to just like pull out your phone for five seconds and like, just, as a whole, people need to like really relax in a big way. Like just yeah, and that that was one of the bigger things. And then uh, the only other thing I have written down for this week is that um, the slowest pitch in the stat cat era stat cast era was thrown. Uh, in that 20-run Yankee game, and uh, DJ LeMahieu hit it out of the park, a 48-mile-an-hour professional pitch. He blasted Dude, one. I didn't... I'm, I must have missed that. Um, I was... I mean, I saw the final score, and I saw a little bit of what happened in that game, but I was mainly watching games, Nuggets, Clippers, and the Islanders game. Yeah, 48 yeah, miles an hour. Um, I don't have that written down, but I have to imagine it was a position player because it was the yeah, 19th probably. run of the game. Yeah. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, so we have all four major sports are currently happening for the first time I can remember. So we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. And uh, Go Islanders. Go Islanders. Yeah, and shout out Conor McGregor for getting arrested again. Fucking dumbass.